0: What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your favorite movie review and nerd news podcast. That's right, you're tuned in to the 3FN Podcast. Of course, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. This week in the second half of the show, for the 3FN Movie Club Review, we will be reviewing the brand new film Clerks 3 But before then, in the first half, we'll be talking nerd news. But before we can get to any of that, folks, I am your host, Rich, and the nerds are all here. Let's kick it on off with the first nerd, of course. Just this past week, he cried not once, not twice, not three times, but a world record eight times during the same five-minute segment of Clerks 3, ladies and gentlemen, I give to you Ron. I am Kevin Smith's a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, he's the man that doesn't need an introduction, yet he has the longest introduction in all of podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, it's hashtag Big Natty Cool, hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style, hashtag Challenge Accepted, hashtag Rain Man, hashtag Diesel Malenko, because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He is the leader of the Minnows Gang and is your favorite podcasters favorite podcaster. He's the man, the myth, and the legend, rolled into one jolly old ginger bearded feller. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you Diesel.
1: Alright, let's get your pants off.
0: Pants <laughs> off, dance off.
1: Fuse uh, TV.
0: <laughs> dude, it's so funny when I bring that up now, because the younger kids don't know that that was a real thing. Yep. But it was a real thing. It was. For us older folks, we remember pants off, dance off. For some of you younger kids, not so much.
2: Well, Ronald, how was your week? Uh, Week was alright. Can't complain too much. Uh, Wednesday group met. Just running around rampant. Working through the first dungeon thing that we're doing. We made it to an encounter. Uh, So we'll catch up on that next week when we finish it. Uh, But pretty much, you know, just running around doing ranger things with an arrow and just doing doing too much damage. That's pretty much about it. I mean, there's just been work and cleanup for Luma and sci-fi or uh, blues on the bridge so you know that's what it's been
0: all work and no play makes johnny a dull boy also makes ronnie a dull boy diesel how
1: was the week it's been a good week much like ron's uh, wednesday croup i also had a couple of casual encounters <laughs> <laughs> no uh i am the epitome of all work no play i've been working non-stop uh thursday was my night off so we could go watch the movie Friday bounced out a little bit early, but I was here all weekend and it, was, it wasn't it was bad, but it was a long, put in a lot of hours this weekend here at Dragon Master Games. And if you have bulk to sell for Magic the Gathering, Now's the time to bring in an egg because we are completely out of bulk. (laughs) Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Well, there you go.
0: Uh, DragonMasterGames.com. Perfect uh, time to plug the website for our our primary sponsor. Uh, You know, my week, you know what? I hate to sound like you gentlemen, but I also had a busy week. I did get some fun in, but I had a busy week. Of course, had to go meet with the venue for next year's Sci-Fi Horror Fest from Vernon Downs. So We're at Vernon Downs meeting about that. I mean, the show isn't until... August 25th and 26th of 2023, but that doesn't mean my work stops being the event manager had a wonderful time with uh, Both Tiffany and Denny the promoters of the show It was always nice seeing that me and my wife went up had a good time talking about it We got some big things going on cannot wait to make all the announcements But obviously we have to since it's so far away if you made all the announcements now Then we would just be keep repeating them over and over and over but i promise it's going to be pretty fucking awesome so we did that on top of that of course I uh, went to breakfast with my mom like i do each and every weekend and then watched some foosball 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 baby yeah i'm of sorry course. about last night yeah uh, yeah the raiders fucking sucked it up oh, once again
2: I, the rams almost sucked it up too right,
1: that's the one part of the game i got to see because we were out at dinner last night and Oh boy, that was a rough one. Yeah I, as,
0: as a Raiders fan I was the person all in the offseason and everybody's like oh look at who you guys sign you guys are gonna be so great And I'm like no or not we are gonna figure out how to fuck this up and so far we're zero too two So we figured out how to fuck it up. So I was like listen, so I don't get upset anymore I'm not watching any more Raiders football <laughs> games. I'll just look at it until we figure something to fuck out Because yeah. uh, my, my stress level goes through the fucking roof when I have to deal with that other than that I enjoy watching football. Yeah uh, I got to. We got to watch a really good game, uh, the Commanders and the Lions. I was rooting for the Lions the whole time <laughs> because uh, you know they're the little engine that could. And also, I had them in locks and leaps. I'm just nice. going to leave it out there. But uh, we hope everybody out there listening right now had a wonderful week as well, and uh, hopefully this upcoming week will be just as good. Before we go any further, though, we got to take care of a little bit of business, and that is opening plugs, of course. If you would like to find out anything about the 3FN Podcast, it's simple. Go to 3FNPodcast.com. There, you're going to find the links to all our social medias. Make sure you're following on us, Follow them on all of them, so that way you can talk to us, have a direct line to us. We always want to hear from you and also help spread the word of nerd. Of course, use that hashtag 3FNPod whenever talking about us on social media. Once again, we also have the Patreon link, patreon.com slash 3FN Podcast. For as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content. Link is on 3FNPodcast.com. Also, the link for the Tee Public store, and I did get up new designs. We have an ECW-inspired 3FN pod design, which I'm very happy with, and I ordered myself one. And then also, we also have a new the new logo so you guys have noticed we do have a new logo we have the new logo t-shirts up click the link for the t public store because god knows using the search bar there fucking sucks and uh you can get some swag and help us out a little bit monetarily as well. I always suggest doing on sales so keep your eyes posted to our social medias for when a sale comes up. Also on there we have uh, the music directory where you can find out all the artists who supply music to us but we're gonna give a shout out to one of them right now because the theme song you hear each and every week is called Fail Better and it's by our good friend Shout The Robots who Rumored have new music on the way. Cannot wait to hear it. But make sure you check out Shout Out The Robots, support them on Spotify, Bandcamp, and YouTube Music. Check out their links in the music directory. Friends of the show like the ODPH, shout outs to them. And then last but certainly not least, you can find out about the local sponsors who help bring this show to you each and every week, commercial free. You already heard me drop a line to them, but hey, The primary sponsor around here, the people who provide us with the 8122 Production Studios Dragon Master Games. For all those Magic the Gathering and gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, DragonMasterGames.com, of course. Also, if you are in the 607 and you need your car cleaned up, you can go over to to Rex2Rods Auto Detailing. So when you're ready to put the pride back into your ride, Diesel, who do you call? We
1: call 607-644-3389.
0: And last but certainly not least, our friends at Sci-Fi Horror Fest. I know we're a long ways away, but make sure you check out their website, Sci-FiHorrorFest.com. Link is all on 3FNPodcast.com. So, if you haven't figured it out, because I've said it ten times, the most important thing you can do is visit 3FNPodcast.com. Booyakasha! I have a cruel opportunity coming up. You guys are going to get a bonus episode This week or next week uh, depending upon how long it takes me to get through because it's a gigantic book I got this awesome history of spider-man book that was uh, uh, given to us by the writer I cannot wait to share it with you guys. It does come out on October 4th So I will be putting something out so that way you guys can I can give pictures and everything else and uh, get everybody's opinion So keep your eyes out for that special review of that coming up Also the special review of barbarian is coming out this week as well if you're on patreon you will get it first Everybody else will get it after that is enough of the business side of things. Let's dive into the meat and potatoes because I think it's time for this week's... Edition of the Nerd News. Bing, bang, boom. Bing, bang, boom. He's on it again, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Diesel has... You know, there was a movie called How Stella Got Her Groove Back. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, I think we found out how Diesel got his groove back. Oh, yeah. Casual encounters. (laughs) Casual encounters. And he's been uh, pen pal of one Allison Mack lately. I just wanted (laughs) to let let everybody know. Do not worry. Nothing on that front to to talk about.
1: (laughs) I totally would. (laughs) Uh, Of
0: course you would. Uh, With that being said, let's talk about news. And, uh, you know, I know it dominates some of our talks. Warner Brothers Discovery. Just (laughs) when you thought it couldn't get any worse, just when you thought, and by the way, this is nothing Flash-related for once, but just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, it just seems to always get worse. It looks like they have put a freeze on finding their Kevin Fahey, if you will, for the DC Studios side of things. And the reason being, financial issues. What? Who would have thought when you were like $52 billion in debt or whatever it is, that uh, you would have problems coming up with money, but I don't know if this was a smart acquisition for Discovery after all. Uh, Let's talk about it. Financial issues? Would you feel comfortable taking
2: over a franchise for the DC brand under Warner Brothers Discovery? Ronald? No, not at all. (laughs) Like, straight up. Like, I mean, I've tried to justify it any way possible that that's what they need to do. They need to find a company. They need to move forward, blah, blah, blah. But, like, like, just the way that they're – going at it it's just not looking good like i mean even the you know because they were like talks with james gunn james gunn's like nah nah i'm good bro and you know when james gunn says that you know there's issues
0: james gunn's like i'm gonna make more money making this goddamn uh, guardians of the galaxy film than you're willing to pay me or can pay me
2: yeah
1: diesel what's your thoughts on it yeah so this uh this acquisition might have been a little bit too much and they probably should have had better accountants looking at this because holy shit oh it gets better by the way. This acquisition is an albatross, because
0: during the paperwork for the acquisition, they one of the things that they signed and agreed to was they can't sell or get rid of the company until April of 2024. <laughs> so they have to figure out how to stay afloat and try to turn the ship until April of 2024. This is. I wish I was making this oh. up. This is the level of when 20th Century Fox sold to Disney and they forgot that the Simpsons <laughs> was part of 20th Century Fox. This is on
2: that level of fucking stupidity at this point. I was just about to say, is it the same lawyers? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Because Jesus. It, it sounds like it, right?
0: Well, here's the other thing. So
2: there's this rumor going around
0: that Comcast is interested in buying WB discovery, of course, this can't happen until April 2024 They can't even actually technically talk about this until April of 2024 But there's industry insiders who said there was some kind of casual meeting amongst the owners of Comcast and and the owners of WB discovery David Zaslav in particular and they said that well, obviously they want to be talking about that wink wink nudge nudge Oh a handshake deal just to keep them afloat and then backstab them who knows? But here's the thing that comcast there's some problems to this though comcast owns NBC universal yes which means if they were to take over warner brothers discovery there is a lot to antitrust things that could come into yeah. play because they would own a lion's share of the market not all of the market but a lion's share of the market my question to you gentlemen is do you think that comcast could be the white knight that comes in and saves the day in april of 2024 and
1: do you think that's a good or bad thing let's start with diesel I don't think anybody's going to be the white knight to save the steel, unless your name starts with a D and ends in an (laughs) ISNI.
0: Which would bring up the same antitrust rules. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't think Comcast is going to be able to save it, though. Like, I don't think anybody is. I think this one just might have to implode on itself and be a cautionary tale for the future. Like, is it worth saving at this
2: point? Ronald? Yeah, it's parts of it's always worth saving as i would say but it's not like overall like it is a deal that's eventually going to implode one way or the other yeah has it's just been going.
1: a comedy of errors the entire time yeah
2: like <laughs> like the fact that you know cancel like writing certain things off like batgirl like when you know you would have made your money back and technically you didn't even put money into it so like whatever you could have wrote other. Things I mean up. they
0: did put money into it because technically it's on their books. But yes, yeah, but, I get what you're saying.
2: But you know what I'm saying? Like you would have been you would have made made your money back. If anything, it would have been just to see Michael Keaton back as Batman. So you probably would have made more money than what you wrote it off on. So like it's just whatever decisions they decided that now that they're just gonna implode. It's not looking good, and they're not gonna stay afloat. You know they're they're, they're gonna be one of
0: those ships. <laughs> Well, I would have to get with a business person that would understand this more I know that they can't sell the company off But I don't think I don't know if they can't sell pieces off because I think the smartest thing that they should do right now Is sell pieces off and I know that Disney is chomping at the bit to buy DC Yeah, because then they have the market and what they want and that is all the superheroes all the time because these are because what they did with Marvel And most people don't know the whole story of Marvel. Yes, they've made this movie Empire. It's tremendous. Disney has done all these great things we know. But also, quietly, in the background, Disney also allocated more funds, and now Marvel Comics is actually making money. Yes. For the first time in a long time yeah. Marvel Comics is actually profitable. So they have actually behind the scenes also made comic books profitable for Marvel. So the universe and that they could do the same with DC And I think that that's something that they might look into also think about the crossovers. Now you know we always want to see Wolverine with Batman we get to see it. you know like those are those would be some cool things and that's something Disney is into yeah and that's something where you can actually mix the worlds. And, you know, you're not going to really mix Star Wars and Marvel. I mean, you could, but you're not going to because it's a little too convoluted. But the world of superheroes, you can mix. Yeah. We do it all the time. They're called Avenger movies. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So how great would that be for Disney to do it? I know Disney's actually interested So the whole DC to Disney thing could be a way to sell a good asset to them for, you know, $10 billion or whatever. Because, you know, Disney doesn't give a fuck about paying. They know they're going to make it back. So you can sell that to them to $10 billion and make some of your fucking money back. Then maybe sell off some other assets that you own for that. Because I don't think, even though you can't sell the whole company, I don't think you have a problem selling some assets. And right now, the problem is, is you're going to end up having to go bankruptcy style if you have to try to carry this through 2024, because no matter what they do with cuts, they've cut jobs, they've cut, they've cut shows, they've cut all this shit from the budget, and they're still not making any, anything to go towards that debt. So this was an albatross, and they're probably the dumbest business move that a company's ever fucking made.
1: And without bankruptcy, they're going to be really fucked. Diesel? I think you're thinking of the wrong crossover. You're thinking too small. I'm thinking, what's Honey Boo Boo doing? How about she gets a job for lizard lick towing?
0: <laughs> you know what the funny part is? I'm surprised they haven't pulled that shit off yet. <laughs> I know. But you know what it is? The Discovery people are probably thinking, "Man, we should have just stayed in our fucking lane," which they probably should have. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah I a think they bit off, be, off a
1: little more. Yeah, they bit off way too much than they could chew, and it's showing right now. So think
0: about it. they took an insanely profitable company that they had and have now
1: just fucking destroyed it destroyed two companies out of it
0: yeah like it's not a smart move so god knows what's going to happen but sooner than later we're going to have to find out somebody's going to have to pay the piper if you will uh i guess good news kind of we found out from uh the sony meetings that there is a new karate kid movie coming in 2024 Damn right. And the wording they used is, "It is the return of the original Karate Kid franchise," but this left some fans confused because obviously we have Cobra Kai on Netflix, which literally is the is the continuation of the Karate Kid universe. Am I wrong? No. But uh, the series just debuted its fifth season. And Machio recently teased the possibility of a Karate Kid cinematic universe. However, the show's co-creator, John Horowitz, this is Cobra Kai, just confirmed that the new movie has nothing to do with Cobra Kai. So this is what John Horowitz writes. Uh, Have you heard any, uh, somebody asked him on Twitter, have you heard anything about a new movie for Karate Kid? His response, the guys and I would love to make Karate Kid and Cobra Kai movies and hope to someday. But this one isn't from us or focused on the Cobra Kai cast. Don't know much about it, but wish it well. How do you feel about, A, finding out we're getting a new Karate Kid movie that's going back to the franchise eh, in 2024? And better yet, the thing that has continued on the franchise, Cobra Kai not being a part of it. Ron, go first. Well, duh, it's going to be Hilary Swank as the new freaking master. Like, we got this. Oh, d- d- I can't believe you said that. I, I can't believe... Ron... I can't believe you said that. Move
1: this man. Obviously. Jaden Smith is the new master. Move this man. I hope you like that garbage being thrown at you, damn it. Both of you. Both of you. Diesel, real thoughts. <laughs> I don't know why you would want to stray away from one of the hottest intellectual properties out in the streaming services right now to do your own continuation in its alternate form unless you're doing like a muppet baby style i don't know what the fuck
2: they're thinking i don't get it either ron listen it's just because marvel's doing so well with the multiverse we need a you know karate kid multiverse no, I just think
0: that they I think that Sony did exactly what they always did and stuck their foot in their mouth before they got a deal done. Yeah, yeah. What they should have done is gone to the guys because they already said that they were interested, yeah, that they yeah. would love to do movies. You should have just gone to those guys and said, Hey, we understand that you brought Karate Kid back. The only reason we are would be able to do a fucking movie right now yeah. is because of what you've done with Cobra Kai. So how about are you guys interested in making big yeah. budget movies? And they should have been like as they said in the thing, absolutely, we would love to. Okay, we know season six is going to be your final season. How about we coincide season six with a movie to come out after it where people will know the characters, know what's going on, and we can continue from there, the next generation, etc., etc. Yes. Because obviously see, season six, as we know, is the final season. Yes. They've said that they've only written it through season six, and that's what they planned. So the logical step would to be to take the next step and continue the life with the characters, with the old cast, the new cast, and then a younger cast to start something new. But now we're going, oh, yeah, let's just do what we always do over here at Sony, and let's just muddy the fucking water so nobody comes and watches our films. The same thing they're doing currently with having their Spider-Verse compared to MCU.
1: Diesel. Uh, Spider-Verse is a train wreck right now, and I don't think there's a single person excited about any of these movies either.
2: No, I agree with you. I agree with you, Ron. No, they're trying to grasp at any straws to get Seats, you know, people back in the movies. I mean, look at, look, I mean, look how they're doing, and it's all—it's going to be bad. And like, the, there hasn't been a really good idea from Sony in a while. Yeah, like, I, like I, I don't.
1: The think. first Venom was good. Yeah. The second Venom was atrocious. I agree. Morbius was. A meme but it was bad
2: <laughs> but they re-released it because that's what they thought people wanted because <sighs> they were dumb enough to read the internet trolls <laughs> Yeah,
1: and that's uh, hilarious in its own and then now with all this new stuff is oh yeah
2: let's jump shit. to that
0: since this is adjacent to it sony has just announced Sony Spider-Man ver- universe is shifting around once again. On Friday, Sony Pictures announced new release dates for three of its upcoming Marvel movies as part of a larger restructuring for its live-action slate. This includes moving *Craven: the Hunter from January 13th of 2023 to October 6th of 2023 as well as Madame Web from October 6th of 2023 to February 16th of 2024. As part of the announcement, it was confirmed that both movies will now screen in IMAX. Additionally, a currently untitled Sony-slash-Marvel movie that was previously dated for June 7th of 2024 will now debut on July 12th of 2024. There are movies I would call adjacent to the Spider-Man universe, as President Tom Rothman previously said, of Sony's Marvel plans via deadline. That's Craven, which we're shooting now, and Madam Web, which we'll start in the spring with S.J. Clarkson directing. And then there are many Marvel characters that are standalone. So here we are, promising stuff again, Muddying up the waters, right, as yeah. we said, in a terrible universe, and now we're pushing shit back for no apparent good reason
1: except for they probably fucked up once again. Yeah. Diesel, I know you're chomping at the bit. Go ahead. Well, one, you can't rush greatness. You can't rush perfection. They got to take the time to make the perfect Craven movie. <laughs> <laughs> Discovery, you want another property you can buy? Oh. Just buy Sony. Tear it down. <laughs> Actually, I'm surprised
0: Sony's not going to try to buy WB Discovery just because you know that's something that they would do because they're dumb.
1: Oh, Spider-Man fights the w, the WB Frog.
2: That's what they should bring back is the WB Frog. Yeah. They'd be successful. Ron, what's your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, this isn't this isn't good, especially with the pushbacks that far. Like, the, Craven's going to be horrible. People, it's not even it's a statement. Like in Madame Web. Let's be honest. The character was created because Stan Lee wanted to put his wife in comics. That's the only reason why Madame Web was created, people. Look at the history. She was never meant to be a character on uh, on a movie or anything. He just wanted to put his wife in comics and cartoons.
1: That's pretty much the reason why she was created. Craven's, what, a third tier of the rogues' gallery for Spider-Man, if that? And Madame Web's, like,
2: F tier? Yeah. Madame Web is just more of, like, if you were going to use Madame Web, it would have been yeah, Spider-Verse. was a perfect spot for Man Web. It's, it's just how the character is. Uh, but you, other than that, there's no reason.
1: I, for one, think the move nine months back for Craven is welcome news in my life. That's nine more months I have to go with before having to watch this horse
0: shit. <laughs> I agree with you there. I agree. But let's end on a happy note like we always like to end in our news on a happy note. Uh, the Bring It On cheerleading franchise. Remember that franchise? Yeah. Remember, we? I mean back in the day, it was a Kristen big thing. Duns. Remember the first one? Yeah, it was Kirsten Dunst uh, Gabrielle Union yep. Olajshu Olajshu. Yeah, Girl, yes. it was a big It was a big budget movie back then And of course when we were younger, they were all the th- that was when we were also in high school yeah. and they were all the hot chicks Yeah, they're all the it girls. Exactly. Uh, well, it's getting its own horror movie Sci-fi is bringing you bring it on cheer or die the franchise's seventh installment in its first non-comedy movie uh, Collider has announced this morning that the world television premiere of Bring It On, Cheer or Die arrives on Saturday, October 8th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sci Fi. Slash into the Bring It On, Cheer or Die uh, teaser trailer, which is now available anywhere online. The horror movie is said to feature cheer routines that die for and thrilling new energy that flips the longtime cheerleading tournament format on its head. Uh, Missy Pyle from Why The Last Man and Dirty John, Carrie Metters from Panic and Seal Team, and Tierra Skobov from uh, Midnight Sun and Riverdale will star in the highly anticipated sci-fi original movie, an all-new spine-tingling installment of the beloved cheerleading film franchise. Beloved? Okay. Uh, The brand new film is directed by uh, Karim Lamb. She has done sci-fi's Ghost Wars and Van Helsing. Uh, not, not, Not the Van Helsing film with Wolverine. We're talking about sci-fi's version yeah, the other female yes we wasn't, bring was horrible who brings a plethora of genre filmmaking experience and a fresh new perspective to the bring it on family in bring it on cheer or die from universal 1440 entertainment and beacon pictures a cheer squad's plans to have a secret practice at a nearby abandoned school on halloween takes a terrifying turn when their teammates begin disappearing one by one the film is written by Rebecca McKendry, Glorious, and Dana Schwartz, She-Hulk, from a story by Allison Faust, Bring It On, Fight to the Finish, executive produced by Beacon Pictures Partners, Armand Bernstein and Charlie Lyons, produced by Griff Frust. You Might Be the Killer, and co-produced by Tony Gonzalez, Bring It On franchise as a whole, and see Eve Stewart, Tales from the Hood 3. Tony Gonzalez also returns as the choreographer to create the stunts. Holy shit. If you couldn't have stacked enough shit in a pile to make me go, I need to watch this as soon as possible because this is going to be a terrible train wreck that could be amazing for all the wrong reasons, I'm fucking in. Diesel, where do you stand on this one?
1: It has the potential to be sci-fi's next Sharknado, it, in all yes. honesty. Um, I actually did enjoy the first Bring It On movie a lot. It's an underrated satire, and right. it's actually great. And then you know they became actually more straight comedies, like actually thinking that people were buying into the story itself in yeah. the subsequent... Five movies apparently. I only knew about like two or three of them in entirety but um, I'm I'm all seeing what's going on with the Toros and the Clovers. I'm in. Yep. I'm in. Uh-oh. I can't wait to see a, I don't think that they're going to bring those back but
2: it, I'm in because like you <laughs> said it could be the next Sharknado. Run. Yeah I'll, I'll give it a watch because the, the concept's out there but for a horror flick, for a sci-fi horror flick, sure why not.
0: Hey it's not any more out there yeah. than Willie's Wonderland and yep. I enjoyed that. True. By the way a movie where you take the best asset of Nick Cage away and it still was. It was still good. I'm not gonna say great, but good. Right. But think about it, they took away his talking and acting in a movie. <laughs> yeah, but Nikki Kiss is great. Oh, Nikki Kiss is real good. <laughs> but with that, that's gonna end this week's edition of the Nerd News. But don't you fret. We have one more piece of the first half of the show because you know exactly when the Nerd News ends. We go right on over to. Let's
1: all go to the lobby, let's all go to the lobby, let's all go to the
2: lobby to get
1: ourselves a treat. Welcome to Diesel's Movie, Triple Stuff. Got some exciting news. What? Take my breath away. R.I.P. Top Gun Maverick. Finally not on the top five. Oh my god.
0: It's, it's 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 happened been, after it, spending all summer in the top five and most of it at
2: the top half of the top five and it's uh, an atrio max i think
1: coming in at number five though we have bullet train with 2.5 million dollars hey that's still on the top five though see how they run with 3.1 million dollars okay pearl with 3.1 million dollars
0: i'm not surprised usually a yeah. 24 films don't grow so well unless no. they're the real big budget ones and that's a lower budget movie yeah barbarian for its second week with another 6.3 million dollars dude that's making all the money for a fucking movie uh, that nobody we, knew about i think the word of mouth is getting out there though i think we need a part two i think i th- honestly i would watch a part two yeah i don't know how you do the sequel i don't know either but we'll talk about it when we do you know what we'll add that to our uh, review because we're going to do the bonus review this week so you guys yeah. can hear it but yeah uh i i think that they should probably because i i enjoyed that movie
1: i'll, I'll let that teaser out there The debuting this week at number one with 19 million dollars The woman king not surprised remember last week. I said that that was gonna probably rank very high
0: Yeah, Yeah. action movies have been doing super well lately obviously look at top gun maverick I mean I'm not saying that it did top gun maverick numbers, but that's still an impressive open, you know post pandemic here Not too many movies unless it's top gun or Marvel are breaching much more than uh, right around that 20 million dollar mark on opening week And I thought that that was good and I've heard nothing but good things unfortunately I have not had time to see it yet And then coming out this week, we have Don't Worry, Darling. By the way, that will be
1: next week's 3FN Movie Club review, Don't Worry, Darling, just so you all know. Also coming out this week, Smile, On the Come Up, Wicked Game, The Swearing Jar, Nothing Compares, and My Imaginary Country. Hmm. I haven't heard of any of those. Well,
0: Smile I've heard of, but I thought that wasn't coming out until September 30th. Nope. I could be off.
1: Oh, it might be an early release. Thing it could too. be an
0: early, yeah, because usually on these lists, especially through IMDb, they yeah. list early releases, unfortunately. But yeah, I thought that that was September 30th. But still, because uh, I know me and Ron are both going to see that because we're both interested. Diesel shan't be watching that because that's something that will scare him shitless. And then coming out on September 30th, we have the movie Bros. Which is probably going to be yeah. the three fn movie club review. Let's not lie; we we were talking about it. I think where we've decided on that. If you guys want to reach out and let us know, if you would appreciate that, that's awesome. But I, I think Bros is going to be. I, I think I'm going to say that next week. Of course, we already have the pick. Two weeks, I think that's going to be the pick.
1: Also coming out that week: Vesper, Dead for a Dollar, Argentina 1985, and The Good House.
0: Ah, The Good House. In opposed to the Bad House, or just the mediocre house. Well, with that being said, Diesel, that's going to bring us to this week's top three. So what is this week's top three?
1: This week's top three is your top three favorite workplace movies. Movies centered around a person's employment. A person's employment. I'm going to steal
0: Ron's, but he can still use it. I'm probably going to be higher on his list, though. And <laughs> my number three spot is Waiting. Anybody who's worked in the restaurant business knows exactly why that movie is fucking amazing. Yes. So number three. Waiting Uh, my number two pick and we talked about it earlier. I was really kind of joking about it But I do really love this movie is Jerry Maguire. Yep. and I I love I think it's one of Tom Cruise's best movies in my opinion I love everything about the movie and So we'll give it number two my number one pick though is one of my favorite movies of all time and it's got right now when there's a lot of things going around about working your wage and quiet quitting and people making people feel bad about work and working Sometimes I think that the workers and the bosses, just so they understand, need to sit down and watch Office Space <laughs> and really take it to heart, because guess what, Ooh. motherfuckers? Office Space <laughs> speaks to a lot of people, and it is my number one.
2: Ron, what's your top three? See, Office Space is number three for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number uh, two is going to be you know the, the clerk's franchise. Just put them all through, uh, just because we'll talk more about that later. And then, obviously, number one is going to be... Waiting. Yeah, I, I knew it'd be so, higher on your so list, yeah, but
0: because yeah. Ryan Reynolds is in that movie, although I and mean, I mean shirtless. What is it? Dane Cook only has like three lines, and somehow wins me over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the "Welcome to Thunderdome" bitch line will forever be known and recognized here, and it's also it's also been immortalized in the soundboard because of the Thunderdome era in WWE. So, just because we can't play for that, let's get it.
1: Welcome to Thunderdome, bitch.
0: All right, Diesel, what is your top three?
1: All right, number three, we got Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. All right, I, I do love oh, that I movie. I love that movie. Just five solid actors oh, right. and, in an yeah. uh, office Forgot and a that bar. One. That's the only Sleeans in the movie. Yep. Number two, we're going kind of like I'll give you guys waiting. I'm gonna go with a similar movie and not waiting too. But no, well that's still waiting. Duh. <laughs> but Broken Lizards, The Slam and Salmon.
2: That's Ooh, that that, really good. Very, actually. very underrated because it went straight to like G4 and yeah. video. I'm surprised
0: you didn't go with Super Troopers or Club Dread, <laughs> which also are about workplaces, ironically enough. <laughs> uh, Club dread's
2: really good.
1: No, I'm just saying, but they're all about workplaces. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then my number one, it might not hold up, but I love me some Empire Records. Damn the man, save the Empire. I just want
0: to point this out. Every chance he gets to plug in <laughs> Empire Records, he does. I have a sneaking suspicion that Diesel is going to pick Empire yeah. Records as one of his picks when he gets to pick is, it. It. It's already picked. I know, but we've never done it the way that we're doing them now. So technically, everything's on the table. But I'm saying if he picks that, Ron, two, two votes. We, let, we let him go first. If he picks that, you pick best men. I'm willing to sacrifice my eyeballs to stop him. <laughs> It's so it so
2: counts, kind of count. That's all I'm saying. I'm
0: out. willing. I'm willing to sacrifice myself to watch Best Men just so he doesn't do it because I don't think he wants to watch Best Men.
1: Oh god, that movie was so <laughs> fucking bad. And you
0: have to watch it. I don't. I don't uh, want to know this there's fucking there's bullshit
1: no kill count on YouTube. In there. uh, <laughs> <laughs> shit, there's no how. kill count on that. I probably still have the DVD of it somewhere in my house. Too, I probably, I probably do too, which is sad. <laughs> the five dollar <laughs> minute at Walmart. The
2: sad part is I don't even own the DVD.
1: <laughs> that's <Unfortunately, laughs> how I learned about the movie.
2: Ooh. I watched
1: it on TV. It's got all these guys <laughs> in it. And it's got Andy Dick. I watched it on How vacation. It was on HBO on vacation.
0: <laughs> okay, so I got to say this, Ron. The reason I know about the movie, and I think I have it on DVD also, because it either came from the $5 bin at Walmart, or it came from a uh, Hollywood Hollywood video.
1: video when they were closing. <laughs>
0: uh, not even closing. I used to buy movies from yeah. them when they were open, because they'd give you cheap-ass deals, and I used to buy a lot of them. Here's the thing. When you're smoking a lot of weed, you buy some questionable shit to watch. (laughs) I'm just going to throw it out there. That's how I've seen a lot of questionable fucking movies. That's why when people... Don't understand why I don't give a lot of movies a one out of uh, on when we yeah. do the nerd scale It's because I have really seen such terrible films that even really bad films are a two for me because you've never seen Listen if you haven't seen some of the re- like if you haven't seen there was a movie and I know there's a bunch of movies to Call this There was a movie called Asylum that starred Jonathan Taylor Thomas yes. And it looked like it was shot on a fucking camcorder
2: It was I thought and it
0: wasn't supposed to be shot in a no. camcorder It was supposed to be a real fucking movie and it was terrible and I mean terrible. That's like a one. Like, if you've ever seen that, that gives you what a one should
1: be. I agree. Ooh, I'm going I'm to give up next week's top three because I just came up with it your top three favorite where are they now's no. what the fuck happened to JTT yeah
0: I know but yeah and that was when he was of course it was post yeah uh, home improvement he was like I think like 18 to 20 years old when that movie came. it's terrible yeah he, 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 fucking te- terrible. Terrible. he tipped it off after that but anyways that's why if
2: you know whatever, whatever happened to that ladybug star man I can't can't quite remember do
1: not talk <laughs> ill of Jonathan Brandis. I will hurt you you calm your shit down Ron you calm your shit down R.I.P. Brandis. <laughs> what,
0: whatever happened to Atreyu <laughs> from The never from the Neverending Story? I've I seen him actually at a – actually, I saw an advertisement for, him for a Comic-Con recently. Really? Not New York or anything. Like a smaller one. But, yeah. Anyways, that's a good one. I, I write that down yeah. so we know we remember that for next week. <laughs> With that being said, that is bringing us to the end of the first half of this show. But don't you fret, we still have a whole second half to go. So after this break, it will be time for this week's 3FN Movie Club Review. And of course, this week, we reviewed the brand new movie from Kevin Smith, Clerks 3. And we'll get you that review right after this break.
2: This is Jill Whitlow from Night of the Creeps, and you are listening to the incredible, vivacious three fat nerds.
1: Noise, noise, One, two, one, two, three,
2: four. Noise, noise, noise. Smoking weed, smoking wears. Doing coke, drinking beers. Drinking beers, beers, beers. Rolling fatty, smoking blunts. Who smokes the
0: blunts? Who smoke the blunts? Rolling blunts and smoking. Ah, uh, let me get a nickel bag. Fifteen bucks, little man. Put that shit in my hand. If that
1: money doesn't show, then you owe me, owe me, owe. My jungle love, Yeah. Oh, we owe, we owe. I think I want to know you,
0: know ya. That is the sultry sounds of one Jason Mewes. And, of course, not from the movie we went to see, but, of course, from that saga. From the good old Jay and Silent Bob strike back. And that was the opening of the film, too. Uh, But with that being said, I cannot wait to talk about this week's 3FN Movie Club review. And, of course, that is going to be... The brand new film that just came out this week, Clerks 3. And of course, for anybody who's new to uh, the podcast, thank you for tuning in and joining us. And just for anybody who wants a reminder on how we do the reviews, it's simple. Don't don't worry. At first, we do everything spoiler-free because we like to give you guys the opportunity to uh, listen. So, first off, we'll get the synopsis of the film. By the way, I'm getting the synopsis this week from IMDb because... I looked ahead already and the Google one is back to just doing the this is who's in the movie and this is what." Blah, blah blah we don't do that shit we like we want to have a little more fun with the synopsis for you we also don't want to spoil things uh... especially in the spoiler free portion <laughs> so with that being said Uh, We're going to do the synopsis of the film from IMDb. Then we'll go over all of like, you know, when it was released, what the budget was, who's in the movie, who directed the movie, all that happy jazz. Then we will go to our spoiler free thumbs up, thumbs in the middle thumbs down recommendation before hitting the spoiler alert. And once we hit the spoiler alert on the other end of that, we will have our spoiler full review followed by the game followed by the nerd scores and my critic score to end out the three fn movie club gentlemen are you ready to dive into clerks three oh yeah all right let's fucking do this man let's fucking do it uh clerks three dante uh, this is the synopsis from imdb dante elias and jay and silent bob are enlisted by randall after a heart attack to make a movie about the convenience store that started it all I gotta throw it out there little on the nose <laughs> little on the nose uh, of course this movie was re- originally released on September 4th in Red Bank New Jersey and then uh, nationwide if you will through a fathom event on September 13th uh, the runtime is 100 minutes uh, the director of this film is Kevin Smith he is also the writer of this film and I don't have to probably tell you about it but let's be honest he has written everything from the in the Jersey saga clerks clerks 2 this being Clerks 3. Of course, also Jane and Silent Bob Strike Back, Dogma, Chasing Amy, Tusk, which we talked about a couple weeks ago, and uh, one of my favorite underrated films that got him pissed off at Hollywood Red State, uh, amongst other things that he's written and directed. And of course, he's ghost-written a bunch of shit and everything else. He even uh, one time did a page one rewrite of Coyote Ugly that they scrapped everything but a couple things. You forgot cop out and Co- yeah well no, he directed he didn't
2: write uh, it well
0: Jersey Girl as well <laughs> but he he wrote and directed Jersey Girl unfortunately you got to write it you got to write it that it wasn't was, it was horrible way, it wasn't great it wasn't
2: horrible no. that
0: that was Ben Affleck's fault by the way <laughs> we blame that on Ben Affleck but yes Kevin Smith did all that of course the cinematography from this film was uh, shot by Lorraine come uh, I hope I said that right. Uh, basically, he's done a lot of indie films and TV. Not nothing. Uh, no, the most notable thing he did is he has uh, been the cinematographer on a couple episodes of Stargirl. Oh, so okay. he, he does nice. know what he's doing. Yep. Uh, now, we're going to dance around the cast. Because there's a lot of this cast that is from, you know, if you're a fan of the Kevin Smith films, which we are, I don't want to spoil any cameos that come in. There's some famous cameos, and then there's just cameos from the world. So we're going to stick to pretty much the main cast. M- main cast so Kevin Smith is in this movie of course is silent Bob Jason Muse is as is in as Jay go figure some really good writing there <laughs> uh, way to go Kevin Smith uh, Jeff Anderson reprises his role as Randall and Brian O'Halloran as Dante with Trevor Furman as Elias uh, so after that, I'm not announcing anybody else. Uh, well, we can renounce a Rosario Dawson because no. she was on the main poster. So yeah. Rosario Dawson uh, reprises her role as Becky as well in this film. So those were the main cast. Most of them have come from, you know, obviously Clerks 1. Uh, Jenny Slate and Bob have been in all of them. Obviously, Dante and Randall were in Clerks 1 and Clerks 2. And then, of course, Elias and Becky were added in Clerks 2. So we have all the cast pretty much back. And then there is, I can tell you, a ton of cameos from famous people and also from people from the world of the other two movies along the way. And I don't want to ruin any of those because sometimes when people come up on screen, you go, yes, (laughs) Yes. and it's, it's fucking amazing. So I don't want to be the person who ruins that for anybody, and I don't think these gentlemen want to be either. The budget of this film was seven million dollars and Lionsgate coughed it up because they're fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and so far in the box office, technically, and we don't know the exact numbers because it's a Fathom event, uh, but they are claiming one and a half million oh, just nice. off of a Fathom event, which would put them almost in the top five this week off of a Fathom event. Yeah. I'm sure that actually the number is bigger because Fathom doesn't always give out all of their information, right. which is fine because they're an event house, not a theater. Yeah so and also it makes it a little weird for box office even if it made a shit ton of money in the box office you wouldn't know because it wouldn't count towards the box office because fathom events don't count towards the box office fucking weird but it's hollywood so go figure all right gentlemen are you ready to give your spoiler free recommendation ron we'll start with you thumbs up thumbs in the middle thumbs down and why spoiler free the floor is yours
2: Yes, it's definitely one that I'm going to have to give two thumbs ups to, no matter what. Either way, if you like Kevin Smith or not, I believe it's a good standalone movie. Um, it's it, you don't really need the history, but it helps. Um, it's if you are a Kevin Smith fan, if you are a Clerks fan, this is definitely see it whenever you can. I know fandom events are harder to get to, sometimes they're not near you. We were lucky enough that it hit here, um, but like. Get to see it as soon as it's on streaming or whatever
1: all right diesel your recommendation the spoiler free review two thumbs way 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 up um as a VSQ fan as a kevin smith fan absolutely love this go see it if you haven't seen any of the kevin smith movies well start with clerks but get you'll get your way up to clerks three and you'll enjoy yourself
0: I'm going to put it this way. I'd be surprised if anybody who listens to this podcast has not seen Kevin Smith films. With that being said, it could be possible. I'd also give this two thumbs up. It is a, it's a beautiful fan film. Uh, well, not fan film, but, you know, it is made for fans. It's a love letter to fans. Uh, you're going to hear that during my review if you stay on, and I can say that here. I, I love this. I, I liked it a lot. I loved how they, sh- they set it up. I loved the story behind it. And once again, for somebody who's been a big fan of these movies, it's it's really digestible. I do agree with Ron in a lot of ways. Even if you didn't weren't familiar with the universe, you could enjoy this movie uh, because it is a lot of fun even on a standalone. But I think being being in this universe makes it a lot better. If that makes sense. So with that being said, I think we've all given this two thumbs up. I think we all recommend this movie and I think we would all tell you to run out and see it if you can. Uh, We did get lucky that they did show it here in the greater Binghamton area because if not, we were gonna have to go to Ithaca, New York which is about an hour away from us, which was the plan originally. Thankfully, I didn't buy tickets because then they ended up having it here. With that being said though, it is now time. We are gonna get ready to play the spoiler alert. So if you have not seen Clerks 3, and you do not want the movie spoiled this is where you stop the podcast you go see the movie which you can get on amazon prime currently it is available on amazon prime for 14.99 i don't know about the rent price but that is the purchase price so you can get it on amazon prime watch clerks 3 and then come back and hear our full review of it if you don't care about it being spoiled or you've already seen the film buckle your seat because we're about to hit the full-on review and here comes that spoiler alert And now we are in the spoiler zone to give our reviews. And as you know, we like to just talk about the good and the bad before playing the game and giving our scores. So let's talk about the good, because I think there's going to be a long list of goods here. And I'm going to start kicking it off by saying, God damn, does Kevin Smith know how to write a saga film? (laughs) Yes, he does. Like the one thing, yes, he created this universe, the View Askew universe or the View askew verse, or however you want to say it. And we've been living with it for... Pretty much our, almost our entire adult lives. You remember Clerks came out in 1994. So I know I was 11 years old. Yep. And by the way, I did see this movie when I was 11 because my mom rented it from the video store and didn't realize what it was. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching this black and white film and I'm like, why the fuck is it in black and white? <laughs> and then, of course, my mom got real nervous around the time when they're talking about the cum cleaners. Yep. <laughs> uh, the jizz wipers. <laughs> Whatever you want to call it at the adult store. And uh, she's like, what the fuck did I, what did I rent? And, of course, later on in life, I would become more of a fan, of course, going on to the other movies. But I think that what he does better than anybody is he understands his audience, he understands his fans, and especially with... Love letters to fans like Jay and Silent Bob reboot was a direct love letter to fans i feel like if you're not a fan of his work in the saga You probably did not like reboot at all and that seems to be what people follow with this movie on the other hand Yes, it does great fan service. Yes It is a love letter to fans, but I feel like this is a good written This is one of his better written movies and he's written some great ones. Yeah, this is up there in my opinion on the writing of Chasing Amy, I went in thinking we were gonna get the normal Jay and Silent Bob strike back, or even like Clerks 2. Clerks 2 is full mostly of dick and yeah. you know dick jokes. Yeah. You know, there's one serious part at Clerks 2 uh, towards the end where Randall gives him the I would buy if I was us, I'd buy that store and then we could but you know you know there's only one emotional part. This movie has layers. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll talk about that as this what goes on. So I thought that the writing of this was tremendous. I thought that Kevin Smith knocked it out of the fucking park. That's going to bring me to the acting, which the acting was amazing. Not only was it amazing, and and yes, I understand that Brian O'Halloran and uh, Jeff Anderson, there were some rough parts with their, like... Sadness acting no. but they're not Fucking actors like they were Kind of they were friends who were in a movie Who have now yes done a few movies but it's not Like they're trained professional actors I mean Jeff Anderson was in uh, Zach and Miri though yeah let's yeah. be honest He took he took a dump on the face <laughs> <laughs> But uh, with that being said I, I think that they did a good job but I think all the other Actors in us talk about cameos and I'm Gonna pass it around here to get your opinions And then get some more uh, positives but He reached out to fucking everybody. I think the only person I didn't see in this movie was Matt Damon. Mm. Yeah. That's the only person from the past I didn't see in this movie, and it's probably because he's busy right now. Because if not, I'm sure he would have been Plus, it was
2: dogma, so...
0: I did well, no, but he he's come in other times and yeah.
2: done
1: random shit. Yeah, he played Matt Damon in uh, Good Will Hunting too.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and we did get we did get that scene because Ben Affleck is Ben Affleck in this movie. Yeah, if you didn't notice, because they go back to the True. lemon face, mm. yeah. lion face, Urgh. so obviously he's playing himself, although with a super Southie accent, yes. yeah, which you, was you, fucking uh, phenomenal, and I thought that was really funny. And of course, we got Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Gellar, so husband yeah. and wife in the movie. Uh, I, I love the cameos we got from people. From from the past, everybody from the original clerks and even clerks, too, was for the most part there's a couple that were missing, but most of them came back, yeah, yeah, came back and reprised their roles. I mean, we got to see some of them, like we got to see Walt Flanagan in multiple roles because <laughs> he was also on the hockey team on the roof,
1: the Lon Chaney of independent filmmaking, yes, <laughs> Walt Flanagan,
0: yes, exactly. <laughs> and then also, you, we got you know, we got to see Scott Mosier was yep. back, and he, he you know. That's awesome, man. Still playing it, still wonderful. I, I thought it was just a great memory ride. Diesel? Yeah,
1: aside from like the celebrity cameos, most of the people that they had a callback to from the original Clerks film came back and was the same, you know, friend or family or actor that had that small role. So the little girl that bought a pack of cigarettes, yes. she's all grown up and smoking a cigarette. Yep the ladies from the um movie theater store they the actual women that yeah. were in the first one came back and it was yeah. very sweet to see that and yeah and then the way the movie opened up with they you know they do the hockey scene right up front and it's the comic book men yeah. and knowing the backstory of you know uh kevin and brian johnson that really made me happy yeah um but yeah all the all the throwback cameos were great and then the, uh the end with um his daughter at, yeah, the, at the stock, yeah, like, they, checking out the milk. And
2: yeah, checking check for the, the milk price, the yeah. milk date. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it was definitely a solid movie for Kevin Smith fans where you got everything you needed. You got every throwback. You know, like you said, there was a few that wasn't there. Like, you know, you said Matt Damon. I, I'm like Jason Lee. You yeah. know, not sure why that didn't happen because that would have been, I think, topped yeah. off that whole scene, personally me. But that's just how I felt, and that's what uh, Rody Josh thought, too. He like, oh, why didn't... I'm like... Hah. Busy, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. I don't I like it. Or maybe they had a falling out, but I don't know. But, I think he was probably yeah. just busy. Yeah. Like, but, that happens sometimes. Yeah, no, I get it. And, like, the movie is definitely the conclusion to the trilogy. Yeah. Like, and Kevin Smith writes a lot. He's a hell of a writer, and it just shows here how good of a writer he is. He does, like, this movie you, you puts you on the edge when you're just like, oh, Oh, and then you're just like, damn. <laughs> and that's what I mean by I'm Kevin Smith's bitch.
1: Yeah. Kevin Smith is a filmmaker. He does two different types of movies, essentially. He's got the more serious one with comedy aspects of it. So your Clerks, your Chasing Amy, yeah. uh, your Tusk, your Red State, and your Clerks 3. And then, you know, Clerks 2, J and Bob Strike Back, James and Bob Reboot. They're more of the comedy, and it yeah. has, like, one or two, like, dramatic scenes in it will pull at your heartstrings. This one was, like, the combination of both perfectly. Yeah and yeah like it was really well done there was definite faults around it but like as a Kevin Smith fan it was an amazing watch yeah
0: I just wanted to point out my two favorite cameos in the movie of course Justin Long is the nurse yes Yes. because anytime Justin Long is at a a Kevin Smith movie it is phenomenal (laughs) I don't know why he always gets the best lines but he does probably let someone ablit him and then and it's weird because he was not credited in IMDb but he's definitely fucking there Ethan Suppley. yep Yep. Yep. Ethan Supley Supley, and he was reprising his role from from Mallrats yes and it's funny because in the post the next part about a Fathom event is you get a little extra so so during the uh, the end credits he he read the original ending for the movie and he also like had thanked everybody, blah blah blah. And then we got this little like almost documentary, like 10-minute documentary about the movie. And Ethan Suppley is in it where they're making fun of the fact of how jacked he is, and he's like he's like he, he went away, and now look at him. He's <laughs> like he's like half the person, but he's gigantic and probably can murder everybody. <laughs> and it's just really weird because obviously yeah. Ethan Suppley, you know, if you haven't seen him lately, is fucking jacked. He looks good. He looks yeah. amazing. Yeah. And I just I just thought that those were the fun ones because I was like I was not expecting Ethan Supply oh, of yeah. course. I was expecting Justin Long. Yeah. But once again killing it with the lines and he's just a, he delivers Kevin Smith lines I think perfectly. I yeah. think that's yeah. what it is. And of course, ball shaving. I'm worried about my tiny cock. Well, I'm not worried about your cock. I'm worried about saving your life. Uh, I think there's bigger things on the table than your tiny dick.
2: I, I agree with you. Though. It's not nothing I've seen before because I work in pediatrics. Yeah. <laughs> like, damn. I'm that guy. And when the doctor's like, it's not as small as, as you think it is. It's not. It's not big. It's not small. But... She's but, great because she's from The Mandalorian.
0: Yeah, she is from The yeah, Mandalorian, season. Amy Sedaris. Yeah. And she did a great job. Oh. And I thought she was fucking hilarious. No, in she was. This. And they make a. And, and even further, he obviously wrote it after he cast her because he's. One of the scenes is literally Randall breaking down the fucking Mandalorian <laughs> to her, which is hilarious. Yeah. And she was like. What what are you even talking about? Some yeah. Star Wars nonsense? Yeah. Like, please and please he's please like, please. "What are you talking about? You already heard what I said."
2: <laughs> yeah, she gets she gets no pop culture references at all, yeah. which is great, except for
0: the Batman one where she does the I'm
2: Batman. No, she does she she
0: does the deep voice for. It. She does
2: the deep voice, but she says uh, with great power, yeah. power, power comes, comes with great with, responsibility. Yeah, yeah. But she does
0: the she does the deep voice, which is fucking hilarious, though. She still does the deep yeah. voice, and I thought it was great. I thought I thought all that was fun. Going on, I thought that they did a good job of, like, bringing things together. I thought that, like, the story was, you know, obviously almost... You know, if you know anything about Clerks, Clerks was written and based on Kevin Smith. Yes. Kevin Smith is it wrote the Randall character based on himself. Hence why it's no surprise that Randall has the heart attack and everybody's coming together around him after the heart attack, considering that is really what happened to Kevin Smith in real life. So it was no surprise that that was what he was going to do with the movie. However, he took it in different avenues. And this movie, albeit... Very funny at times also gets very serious throughout and I thought that that was also a really good strong point of the movie Where like you're watching the film and it's like there's different emotions. Um, they kill becky uh, like it, it, during the,
2: that 2006,
0: right after, yeah. which we, you find out pretty quick. You know, obviously right. when they go to the hospital is the first time you kind of get a clue that. Well, you see a picture there's, of her being dead. In, yeah, it, yeah, there's it, an RIP for her. RIP on the register. But, but I didn't. I didn't know if that was like RIP or that she just left him. You know, yeah. like the, there's a little whatever. Right. But you definitely find out once he goes to the hospital, and uh there's a part where Dante looks back at the door and he sees. Her Being rushed in pregnant being rushed in and you get the oh shit This is where she died and then we get a there's a little bit of a falling out with him and Randall early on uh, Because Randall's just being Randall and he goes to the cemetery to speak to her and She's she she's there. So like we get Rosario Dawson playing the character having a good time Get a lot of fun there, but there's a lot of serious talk there as well and I thought that it was very Interesting how they did that piece. We'll get to it. There's a part of it that, is that it was a negative to me, and we'll get to that. But I really like the fact that throughout this movie, we get these serious tones, and then we yeah. get these really funny scenes. Yeah. And then there's all these flashbacks to the original Clerks, because the film they're making is Clerks 1 and Clerks 2 put together. Yeah, That is really the film inconvenience, is them making the movie. So Stupid much so name. that when we get to the end of the movie, when he's showing it to... Uh, Dante, who's in the hospital bed, we'll get to the, how it ends. But when he's showing it to him, it is literally Clerks one. Yeah, yeah, it is Clerks one. And I love, by the way, the black and white explanation in this movie because Silent Bob <laughs> becomes the cinematographer. Which, if you know anything from Kevin Smith's career, and Kevin Smith says it in a little uh, biopic at the end, where he's just like, "Yeah, I, I'm, I don't even know how to hold a fucking camera." Yeah, and like people in Hollywood, obviously for years have said about how, how his cinematography is trash, and so the fact that he's the cinematographer yeah. is hilarious in its own. If you know the inside, and even if you don't, it's funny because he's fucking Silent Bob. But then we get his dialogue dump that we always get. Like, listen, I'm shoot. And he's like, well, he wants to shoot it in black and white, and they're like, black and white. Why would he? He's like, because. The lighting in here fucking sucks, and the colors are the shits. So the only way we're going to make this salvage is in black and white. So if you want me to shoot this film, it's going to be in black and white, or else I ain't shooting shit. <laughs> it's just like this Wait, whole dialogue. Though, but he goes in further. Yeah, it goes
1: in further. It was like, it could be a commentary on like the harsh realities of it. It was just like, yeah. so intelligent and so well well placed in that movie, where I was like, yes. This and is he awesome. goes, it also
0: encapsulates being a closed circuit t- uh, camera, too, as well. So it's not like it has to be whatever. I just thought it was hilarious. Yeah. And it is just a whole dump and then of course they add in to their their original ending of clerks yeah. the original ending of clerks Dante's supposed to get shot and murdered in a in a robbery That's how clerks was supposed to end But they chose not to end it that way to go with a happier ending because of a note Thankfully because then his spawned on more but there's a scene that they shoot for the movie in the movie where it's like Okay, this is where you're gonna. I'm not getting shot today. And they're like, okay, never mind. Let's cut it <laughs> It's just like this weird like, you know, whatever and then of course Kevin Smith's in the background, of the shot going with a shrugged <laughs> shoulders, uh, but let me pass it around because I want to hear
2: some of your likes as well. Uh, Ron, start with you. Uh, I think the Becky thing, the death thing, is more. In fact, I didn't think he think she'd show up or be able to make it back because she's busy with a bunch of stuff. Rosario Dawson. Uh, I don't know. I, I think I think that's kind of like why he did that.
0: Right, but it, I mean because it went through rewrites. Well, well, so, so I well if well, you want to hear the negative now the negative now Is I just thought, that's the one thing in the storyline. I didn't think needed to be there I didn't even think that she needed to be dead to like push it forward The only the only time that it's important for her death to be acknowledged is at the end of the movie because that's what gives tips to hand because let's move to the end Dante dies at the end Dante has a heart attack while having an argument with Randall during you know whatever Randall runs away after finally Elias calls him on his shit he finishes the movie he comes back to show Dante who's in the bed while he holds his hand and during it you have this all of a sudden you cut to a scene where you know you see the movie which is Clerks 1 and the real Clerks 1 yeah and then you see this scene where He's sitting in a movie theater and Rosario Dawson joins him. So Becky's sitting next to him and they're watching the movie on the screen and she goes, well, do you want to go? And he goes, yeah, we can go. She was like, you sure you don't want to stay to the end? It's a really good movie. He goes, I trust the director. And that's how they end. And then he comes back to his death moment, which is choking me up because it was fucking that. That's how emotional it was. So that's the only time it's important technically in my opinion for her to be dead was because it gives the audience like oh shit When you see her in that mo- you know first of all when I saw the movie theater I knew what was happening actually when he was in the bed With the- I knew what was going Yeah because yeah.
1: When Randall has his heart attack, he's awake through the whole process talking with the doctor joking around when Dante has a heart attack, he collapses. Next thing you see, he's in the hospital. and He's got tubes coming out of his yeah, face, he, and
2: he wasn't even awake when yeah. they were rolling him into the yeah, uh, yeah. OR. So was it was a different. Or, yeah.
1: It was both had a heart attack, but one he was like, "Oh shit!" Like yeah, and then like once the mo- uh, music started playing, "Oh Wally Wally" by Gerard Way, I was like, "Oh fuck! Oh no! This is not yep. going to be good." Um, I, I gotta disagree about the Rosario Dawson point though. Think of Clerks One. They're talking about Star Wars. Empire Strikes Back is the best one. It's such a downer. Dante is the Empire Strikes Back. Things will go right for him, but then it goes down. He gets the girl. He's you know he's got the girl he loves. She's married with his child. What happens immediately after end movie? With the, before she gives birth, she dies in a, uh, by a drunk driver killing her. His life is Empire Strikes Back. His life is on a downer every aspect of his life he'll get a win and then it's taken away from him
0: I get it but like I said during the movie it doesn't come I don't think it really I I get what you're saying but at the it comes in only at the end because it comes in when he's yelling at Randall because that's part of his statement is that I had a life and then it was taken from me Mm. and he goes in this wonderful beautiful diatribe and 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 then before he has the heart attack and then it comes in bigger play in the fact that it gives away to the audience that he's walking that he's dead yeah because when she says you want to leave and you realize you're like oh shit He's gonna die, and then we cut back to his actual death scene, which I didn't think was necessary, and it was just a way to squeeze more fucking tears because I was already kind of, uh, you know, I always, I, I, wasn't crying like Diesel. Diesel oh. was ugly
1: crying. Oh, ugly cried. But
0: I, I had tears, and I was just like, you didn't have to milk more out of me, you son of a bitch. But I, so I understand why when he got to the end, it just was like earlier in the movie, it didn't play well to me because technically that scene in the cemetery, she could have been alive or not alive and it still would have been a fun scene. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, but how is she fucking Malcolm X if she's alive? But yeah, I, I, well, I but you're gonna change that. You know what I yeah. mean? I get it,
0: but I'm just yeah. saying that was. The, and I'm not saying it's necessarily like it, it ruined the movie because it didn't. I'm just saying I think that they could have gone about things differently. And you're probably right, Ron. There was probably some worry about her not being able to shoot, or she only had limited time to shoot. So I said, okay, we can get all your shit in in a few days. Yeah. And she came and she wanted to do a movie, obviously. So she got her shit in a few days and left. Yeah. And that's probably why that happened that way. But also, I think maybe it was written that way anyways because. Diesel pointed out it does make sense with the Empire straight back. Yeah, I can see it. does make sense too. because everything goes to a
2: throwback. But yeah. uh, any other positives for you? Uh, the one positive that this movie did for me that I actually, honestly, no other movie's actually done is made me want to watch the original. Made me want to watch Clarks 1. Like, I wanted to watch it. Mm-hmm. Like, I watched it over the weekend because I went and saw this on Thursday night with you guys, and I, J- Rody, Josh, and I went on Friday. Yes, I still cried through it. <laughs> like, uh, I'm Kevin Kevin Mitch right now but uh, I like it even watching it both times I wanted to watch clerks again yeah. like in, in too many movies I don't care about the prequels I don't care or you know watching something like oh I watched Star Wars episode 9 I feel like watching a new hope no like no I, I just watch it because I do this one I was like man I really got to watch clerks again. I really gotta watch clerks too like it, it made me want to go back to the franchise and I think that's really strong.
0: No, that's that's always a good thing. Diesel, you got anything you added to the positives?
1: Yeah, uh, pretty much we've spoken about most of it. Uh, I loved how it opened though with uh, obviously a favor from Gerard Way again with "Welcome to the Back Parade." I think it was a strong open. Didn't feel like it would fit in, but then when it kicks in, you're just like, "Yeah, this fits." Oh, Yeah,
2: yeah, definitely. Well, not
0: only that, when you see it, when you get to the end of the movie, it makes perfect For, sense yeah. because literally, it's that's the song yeah. embodies that yeah. effort, if you will.
1: But yeah, I, I just loved ninety-nine percent of everything about this movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I love the opening too. I love the song. I loved how they were playing hockey instantly. That yeah. was that was good. Like there was a lot of cool things that I dug, especially as a fan.
1: I said my only negative, really, honestly. Uh do you have any negatives, Diesel? Uh the Elias character. Such a highlight from the second movie. And it was quirky and funny that, you know, every scene after he revo- renounces God and becomes a Satanist, that he just in a outlandish outfit and face paint but it just didn't fit the theme of the, the movie.
0: Uh, I disagree, kind of, and here's why. This is this is this was my opinion after after thinking about it. This movie borderlines on some real serious shit that doesn't really happen in a, the Clerks movies pr- previously. Like I said, there's only one serious moment in Clerks 2. Mm-hmm. Clerks 1, I mean, it's serious in the way that it mimics real life, but it's ridiculous at the same time. Like, it's over the top. And in this movie, you even throughout the movie, there's a lot of time where you're dealing with seriousness, where you're dealing with somebody who has just had a, an almost, you know, almost died. So now they're looking at life, but they're still an asshole. And on the other hand, you have their enabler who has to also deal with the fact that he's lost everything in life and in a, and he's enabling him and it's this fight and yin and yang. And so at times it does get super dramatic. And I think that one of the things I didn't mention in positives is I loved how Jay and silent Bob were used in this movie. They were, I I don't want to say afterthought because that's a bad thing, but they were sparingly used. Like they only came in when you needed that little bit of, oh, levity. And I think that that's what the Elias character was too. The Elias character and his scenes usually popped up right after something super serious happened or something that could be more of a downer to give you the levity of, of easing it back up. And then when you go into the climax of the movie, which is not supposed to be funny at all. It is almost like clicking away where you get to the climax and the climax goes from being funny to dead serious for, you know, 15 minutes. Even the ending of the movie, which is there's a happy ending, is not like overly joyous in a way. Is does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Compared to like the lightheartedness and then finally, it's in that moment when we go from you know now we had this great uh, monologue from Dante. He has the heart attack. We're in seriousville because the monologue was serious. The heart attack is serious. We get to the hospital, and you're expecting Elias to give you a comedy note because that's what he's done all movie. And then you get his exposition dump, where he makes where he really calls Randall out on being a fucking asshole and a piece of shit. And you're just like, holy shit, like. And to me, I like that because the jester, because that's what I think Elias was in this movie. The jester now becomes the wise man. So you see this change because now Elias, it gives it to you early. Elias has to become Dante he is now randall's keeper in a lot of ways yeah so you see the transfer because he has to really take the reins if you will so yes it was over the top so i can yeah. see how you didn't like it 100 percent, but i think it was meant to be that way to bring levity to the fucking it's like when we talk about horror movies that are get too dark or dark comedies get too dark because this was kind of a dark comedy yeah. in a lot of ways you have to bring it back at sometimes and i think he was the jester for that but
1: yeah the, it, was, the, it was just the elias and coltrane characters like just didn't do it for me they had enough comedy bets aside from that and if they would have played him more because he was a breakout star of clerks too like he was amazing. oh yeah yeah um so i think if like we went more into like him just being him that character you know more pillow pants more lister Fiend, i think he could have done without the satanist aspect
0: i just want to throw this out there the coltrane spotted that that part i could have done without because i'll tell you what he's only in it because he's dating fucking uh yeah. kevin smith's daughter yeah in real life yeah. that's the only reason that, that dude's in the fucking movie and he probably can't act that's why he doesn't have any lines yeah. <laughs> so and i'm not trying to be a dickhead but like you could have just x-nated yeah. that character because we already have a silent bob we don't need a new silent guy yeah. and they were at first when it was the jesus buddies when they're the jesus jay and silent bob okay that makes more sense because that's literally the opposite of jay and silent bob yeah but when they become the satanist jay and silent bob it doesn't make as much yeah. sense because that's not the opposite anymore of jay and silent yeah. bob Does yeah, that, yeah. you know what i mean no i get you so i could have done without the coltrane character
2: though yeah. I'm, I'm gonna be honest there ron you got any negatives to add to this yeah the coltrane character is one thing like i, I the, on the first viewing i was like okay i get it i know why he's there you know it, that's fine like and, I, and i'm like okay watching it the second time it's like yeah like as soon as it's it, just out yeah, of place. Yeah, it, it's out of place. Like he's just there. Like and it, it just sits there and it's 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 a little annoying when when you watch it multiple times. Back to back two nights in a row. But other than that, it's just like I almost wanted it just to end at the funeral. With the la- with the last words being you're not yep. even supposed to be here today. Cut. Like I don't think you'd really need the, the, the setup in the, in
1: the it, it was his his comment about Scorsese made a great movie until he had that rat shot.
0: Yeah, You know what the funny part is? I, 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 w- I was going the other direction. It was almost like the commentary on the Lord of the Rings <laughs> where basically he was like, yeah, they should have ended at the logical <laughs> endpoint instead of like fucking 15 more minutes and then, you know, he gives yeah. the brick in the mouth. I thought that was his Lord of the Rings yeah. moment, like you said. Like, yeah. there's no reason to bring back Emma, played by his wife, yeah. other than to get his wife on screen a little more. Yeah. And to have her... Basically say, oh, you owe me money for them to then miraculously get enough money with their hell kites (laughs) To to pay her off and to have extra money and to have a happy ending Other than the fact that I think they wanted a happy ending, but you didn't need that. I agree with you I think the logical end point really was the last line being you're you're not supposed to be here today And then that's it and then fade to black. I think that would have been perfect and they might, so I agree yeah. with you, but I understand yeah. why they did it. No, but it's I, I, just, yeah. uh, I, I agree, though. But yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny that he has so many commentaries on people going too far, and then he did it. So I don't know. Maybe it was in, on purpose no. in that aspect. I don't know. Yeah, I'd yeah, have yeah. to ask him about it. If I ever get the opportunity, I will. Yeah, definitely. Anything else?
2: Uh, I, I mean, I, I would... I'm a fanboy. I love this movie. Yeah. I like it. No, there's no. not, there's not too many negatives more I can get because I watched it twice and back to back, and that was it. Oh, I,
0: I agree. I mean, I have not watched it twice yet. Although I will be purchasing it. Yeah. <laughs> we're not gonna lie. Yeah, and I, I, I am will be too. watching this uh, numerous, numerous times. But with that being said, before we can give our scores, we got to find out what the other scores of the internet is, and you know how we do that. It's all about
2: time to play the game.
0: Time to play the game! <laughs> and it's time to play the game. And of course, Ron. Ron somehow squeaked out a victory last week. Can Diesel regain the throne? We'll find out. The game is simple it is price is right rules. It's closest to the number without going over until the tiebreaker round. Because if we need a tiebreaker, we don't do ties. So it's the closest to the number. And I'm going to be honest, I almost didn't have five numbers because Amazon doesn't have enough ratings for this movie to show the movie yet oh jeez but i got a new one that i think is going to be the one that comes on to our thing and i'll tell you guys about it later because i think it would be a good idea so are you gentlemen ready to play the game yeah yep. diesel you ready to win prob- yeah he probably is all right diesel you get to go first since you're the challenger imdb using points out of 10 what did
1: they give clerks three all right, this is a very polarizing movie. All the reviews are either they love it or they hate it. I'm going to err on the side of caution and go with a 5.4.
2: 5.4 for Diesel. Ronald. All right, it can't, it can't be below 5.4. There's no way. So I'll give you a little wiggle room. I'm going to go say 6. 6-6 for Ron, 5-4 for Diesel, and Ron gets the
0: 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb. Ooh, good.
2: Nice. All right. Nice. For, All right.
0: For, for the movie, nice. Ron, you get to go next. Metacritic, out of 100%. Remind you, this is a critic-only score. Out of 100%, what did they give Clerks 3?
2: Critics don't really like Kevin Smith, unfortunately. Uh, 68. 68 for Ron Diesel. What would Katie Rust say? 69.
0: <laughs> 68, 69, and... Oh, wow. You are both over. 51% on Metacritic. Next up is Rotten Tomatoes. This is the combined score of the critics and the people. Diesel, you get to go for this. 100%. Clerks 3. What do they give it? 66. Ron. In the middle. 55. 55. 66. Ron gets the point. 65%. So you busted by one, Diesel. <laughs> oh, Motherfuckers. What? All right. We got a new one. And for the win for Ron, Fandango. Out of 100%, Ron, what did they give Clerks 3? Mind you, it is a fan score. 72.
1: Diesel. 45. You're probably the under. You're, you're, you're right. Oh, oh, Ladies no. and Owl. gentlemen, look, your winner,
0: Ron. And uh, it was 94% on Fandago. I thought I gave you guys a little credit because I said it's a fan score. dude.
1: I All the reviews are fucking
2: polarizing on this movie.
0: Well, we're going to guess the Google score for funsies. We'll start with Diesel. Diesel, what did you think the Google users gave it? 82. Ron? Uh,
2: 91. Uh,
0: Ron would have been closer as 89%. The reason I'm saying this is just like any other Kevin Smith movie... If the fans are allowed to vote, the movie is a high score. If they're not allowed to vote in the area of Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes, since it's the combined score, the reviewer scores brought it down. But Fandago's a fan score, Google user a fan score, and IMDb, believe it or not, is also a fan score. So the 7.5 out of 10, the 94%, and the 89% is really the fan voice. The critic's voice is down towards the 51 area. So that's what drugged down the Rotten Tomatoes score to 65%. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it's... Exact science, but in this case it actually did pay off the critic can suck a hard-boiled egg out of my asshole So (laughs) round retains once again in the game, but now it's time to give our scores and uh, I get my critic score at the end But before I do that we do the nerd score and the nerd score is a combination score It is part critic score part entertainment score, because we know a movie can be terrible But still be entertaining as hell so we give it credit for that and lastly it's a recommendation score to, to other viewers If they should watch it or not and the scale goes as follows. A one is no. Just no. That means you should never watch this movie. It's terrible. Never go out. If, if Run from it. Just run from it. Never watch. A two is you've been warned. That means it's not terrible, but it ain't good. It's below average. It's bad. It's just not terrible. And you probably shouldn't waste your time watching the film. A three is, ah, it's good. This is an an average to good film, which means that you don't have to run out and see it in the theater. You don't have to run out and buy it or spend money on it. If it's on, you can probably watch it. You know, just you don't have to go out of your way to see it. It's nothing, it's essential. But if you watch it, you're not gonna, it's not like a waste of your time, but you're probably, it's not something you're gonna love, if you will. A four is just take my money. That means if it's in the theater, go pay money to see it. Buy it on Amazon, buy the hard copy. Uh, If it's, an older film because we do older films here. It's one of those movies that's going to be essential. These are very good to great films, so it's kind of like an essential. It's something you should probably go out of your way to see and make sure you pay attention to it because it's a good, it's a very good to great movie. And the last, the rarefied air is certified nerd. These are the the great movies. These are the legend movies. These are the movies that you know you are gonna watch time and time again. These are the ones you're gonna nerd out about. These are movies like Jaws and Jurassic Park, the original Halloween. This past year, we only give credit to calling it a certified nerd if all of us agree on it, but there's been many where two of us have said it or one of us has said it, but the ones these years jump to mind as certified nerd from a conglomerate was Spider-Man, No Way Home, and The Batman. We all thought those were certified nerd in our opinion. So with that being said, We're going to start with you, Ron. What is your nerd score and why for Clerks 3?
2: Yeah, this is definitely for me a five all the way. Oh, he's certified a nerd. It is definitely certified nerd for me. It is definitely, you know, the bookend to uh, a trilogy, uh, you know, and like I remember going to uh, Video King, you know, and going. Oh, you know, this was way before, you know, the internet took off, people. So it was word of mouth of movies. And I remember somebody in school saying, oh, you need to see this movie, Clerks. It's about, it's shot from the view of the security camera, you know, and all this stuff. And I just happened to walk by it, saw it on the uh, side, of, you know, on the shelf, went, well, let's give it a watch. I haven't looked back, enjoyed it ever since. This is definitely a five.
1: All right, Diesel, your nerd score for Clerks 3 and Y. This is a beautiful cap to a franchise that has meant so much to me ron you are not alone i am certifying nerds this five Ooh, beautiful you know what guys
0: you know coming into this i gotta be honest because remember this is our opinion i was thinking to myself i was like you know a lot of people might think this is a four but I also am certifying a nerd because, in my opinion, this was the beautiful ending. In a lot of ways, I think this may even be Kevin Smith's best piece of work. Yeah, I, I'm and you. I'm a big fan of a lot of his work. Yes. I, as I said, I love Red State. I think Tusk is is very is a very brave movie. Red State is a tremendous movie that nobody fucking, for some reason, liked. I don't yeah. well critically, but a lot of fans did dig it. I also, you know, I love, you know, Chasing Amy and Dogma, and I love the whole saga. But I feel like this one is the best balance of comedy, seriousness. Yeah. It, it brings. The seriousness of a Chasing Amy with some of the comedy of a Jay and Silent Bob straight back, Where you're getting these dick jokes, but you're dealing with something deep, and it's just enough levity. I think it's almost the perfect mixture for me personally, so that's why I'm certifying a nerd. Now, my critic score for this movie, I'm giving it an 8.5 out of 10. I think this movie is tremendous. Uh, The only points that come off, like I said, is the Coltrane uh, character. We could have, I could have done without the Becky thing. I'm still like, you, you talked a little more sense into me, but I still am kind of. eh. Yeah. There's parts of it that I'm like, oh, eh, it could have been better, and there's a couple little small nitpicky things. Other than that, I feel like this movie. Really gives you what you want it gives you for somebody who like us who is a fan. It gives you the fan service It's a love letter to a fan But on top of that outside of it It gives you a great story that you can follow along with with jokes to kind of break down the emotional moments And then it punches you straight in the fucking gut to end the movie like I have I cried twice during endgame (laughs) Like teared up I shouldn't (laughs) say cried But this made me tear up more where I had it coming down my face a little bit I didn't ugly cry but tears rolled down my cheek into my beard and they were wet for the last 15 minutes of the movie with the exception of the end end cap. Yeah. But with the last 15 minutes of this movie, from it started, the tears welled up while we were watching him do his monologue, Dante do the monologue, through the death, there's a little bit of levity, like not because of comedy, but like there's a little break off of the, the gas when he finishes the movie and you don't really know what he's doing. I'm talking about Rantle, pronoun, Randall, talking about pronouns here. And then we go to the hospital. And then it's fucking Niagara Falls Frankie Niagara fucking falls and I could understand why diesel ugly cried like I said I had him streaming down because you're watching this fucking beautiful moment that here's a guy who is allegedly only good at writing Dick and fart joke movies and he's writing this beautiful moment And the the whole movie the story is beautiful And then you have that beautiful ending Once again, I do wish they would have ended at the funeral. However, the end cap didn't... It takes off some points, but it doesn't take off enough to say that this movie was terrible. No, And an 8.5 out of 10, I think, is super good. And I definitely think this is Kevin Smith's best work. Not saying that I don't like his other works, but I think this was his best work ever. Well... That was our scores. Tell us if you agree with them or not. Hit us up on the social medias. Remember, we try not to give away spoilers. So please, uh, especially with this movie, I know what it is on Prime, but it's also kind of this weird zone because of like watching it in theaters. So please be very courteous of people who haven't seen it yet. Because I feel like the more they, if you go in not knowing what you're gonna watch, I think this movie is even better and yeah. then on the second oh, yeah. watch on the second watch it's, it's still tremendous it's just that if that, that first watch if you don't know what you're the, looking for oh my god
2: it, it's, it's not gonna be it's, uh the one uh auditioner i couldn't place her until the second viewing yeah the, the, like uh, you
0: know. i love the movie scene we get yeah. it all man we get it we
2: get it <laughs> fucking, he gives us he Dude, fills the cup he fucking fills the cup that, that is a very epic scene of them coming around that corner for movies like that is like probably one of the most slow walk epic scenes that i've seen and the fact
0: they shot it in fucking jersey yeah jersey represent what uh but with that being said uh next week's 3fn movie club review will be of the brand new movie coming out this week don't worry darling there's a lot of controversy attached to it i could care less about that controversy it's intriguing looking from the trailers. Right now, giving you guys a little heads up a week out, but these are only critic scores. 34% on the Rotten Tomatoes currently, so I don't know. We'll find out when we see it, because as you know, we always like to judge ourselves.
1: If it's better than where the egg is saying, it's a win.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, fucking lootly sir. But once again, that will be the next week's 3FN Movie Club Review. Now that we've gotten to this far in the show, it is time to pay some bills, Diesel. It is time for us to shameless plug. That means if you can hear my voice, you know how to find us. Do your friends know how to find us? Do their friends know how to find us? It's simple. Type 3FN into any podcast search engine, and booyah, kasha, there we are. Well, you're on that page, make sure you smash that follow or subscribe button so you get the show delivered to you each and every week automatically. Also, if you've done all those things and you haven't given us a five-star rating on your favorite podcatcher yet, can we implore you to do so? It It takes you maybe a few seconds. You don't have to spend any money, but it
1: means the world to us. And we appreciate it greatly. And we're also on Facebook. Type in that search bar, 3FN Podcast. There you're gonna find our page. You're gonna like our page. You're gonna comment, rate, review, Help us spread the word A nerd.
0: We're on Twitter and TikTok at 3FN Podcasts, And we're on Instagram at 3FNPod. And remember,
1: for all the social medias, whenever talking about the show, use that hashtag 3FNPod. You guys are just a bunch of Kevin Smith fanboys. That was the worst movie I've ever seen. Well, tell us about it. 3FatNerdsPod at gmail.com. You know what? If you uh, like what
0: you hear and you're entertained every week, maybe you don't agree with us, but you're still entertained. Can I implore you to maybe reach out to us? And help us out with a small amount of monetization. And you could do that at Patreon. Patreon.com slash 3FN Podcast. For as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content. And you get to pick some movies that we will grab out of the grab bag for either the 3FN Movie Club when we don't have a new one we want to watch. Or for our We Love Movies, which is our monthly extra review that we do movies of the past for. We strictly take those out of the grab bag on top of that you get the 3fn podcast every week and it's early it is early the day we record it plus it's uncut unedited and uncooked because it's the uncooked edition and so you get to hear more and extra and in this one we talked about the movie whale in the middle part that only patrons get to hear also we had a little fun conversation in the beginning as well so you get a lot more 3fn because you know what you get more bang for your buck. Ah, You see what I did there, Diesel? Mm -hmm. All that and more. So if you would like to support us monetarily and help us fund the show and everything we do here, remember patreon.com slash 3FN podcast.
1: Pull yourselves away from moviepoopshoot.com and go on over to http colon backslash backslash 3FN dot com. 3fnpodcast.com for all
0: things 3FN. Also, you can find the information for 607TWS there as well, including you can find the links to Patreon, to our T Public Store where we got some new swag up where if you want to buy some swag, you can also uh, help us a little bit out there monetarily as well. And then, of course, you know, links to the Twitch channel, friends of the show, like the ODPH podcast. Also, there's the music directory where the bands that provide us with their music uh, so we can uh, go copyright free on this one and not get the... uh, Dreaded DMC D uh, strikes here DMCA strikes. Sorry uh, You know what you can do that and make sure you make sure you hit up our good friends Shout at the robots who do our theme song fail better You hear it at the beginning of the show each and every week and there's other bands there like floodlands Second suitor Tom Jolu the Foss Fiends from Melbourne, Australia and the Jason's from West Virginia We salute all of them make sure you check all of them out on Bandcamp YouTube music and Spotify and their links are all right there in the music directory. And lastly, we have a section that is dedicated to our local sponsors who help us bring this show to you each and every week, commercial free. But well, we're going to give them a shout-out right now, starting with the people who uh, who allow us to use a room in their store as the 8122 Production Studios. That's right, Dragon Master Games, located at 1235 Upper Front Street in Binghamton, New York. For all your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, dragonmastergames.com. And if you're in the 607 or passing through the 607 and you want to find out about events at the store, it's simple. Like their page on Facebook,
1: Dragon Master Games. And thank you to Rex to Rod's Auto Detailing. Located at 2004 North Street in Endicott, New York. To call for an appointment, call 607-644-3389. When you're ready to put the pride back in your ride, don't forget to tell them the three fat nerds sent huh? you. Yeah. And, of course,
0: last but certainly not least, our good friends at Sci-Fi Horror Fest. You know, it's not until August 25th and 26th of 2023. I can't talk too much about the news now, even though I'd like to. But, you know, it's got to take time to come out. But if you would like to be up to date on that news, you can actually subscribe over on their website, Sci-Fi Also, make sure you like the Facebook page, Sci-Fi Horror Fest, the Twitter page at FI, fi. Horrorfest, and also last but certainly not least, the Instagram page Sci Fi Horrorfest. Check them out. All those links
2: are at sci fi horrorfest.com. With that being said, Ronald? 2 out of 10 stars. Repetitive and overrated. I watched this film the day before seeing Amelie, and the difference in the film was astounding. After the beginning, where the main character gets his ring, the rest of the film revolves around him surviving various attacks and various different creatures. I have no drive to watch the second, as I'm sure it'll be more creature providing more attacks with little plot. As seems to be the standard in big-budget action films nowadays, there is the token funny guy, the Welsh bloke, who is simple but there to provide cheap laughs. I can't fathom how this is number four in the IMDb Top 250. Two out of ten stars. Lord of the Rings just sucks people. Get him, Ron. Get him. Well, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the 3FN Podcast. Thank
0: you for tuning in. Next week, we will be back at the same bat time, same bat channel, to hopefully give you entertaining thoughts and provoking this. But we'll definitely give you our damn opinions. And I know we're going to make jokes. So with that being said, next week, 3FN Movie Club Review, just a a reminder is going to be Don't Worry Darling. Until then, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And most importantly, Later,
1: nerds! Later. Man, he's faster than Walt Flanagan's dog.
2: <laughs> part of the he just sucks.
0: But you're not the same as you used to be. But it's Marawa. Of the the who tells yeah, That he thinks that you're the one Who seems to you away from here. Well, I hope you see his other side Before it gets too late for you to run away Where will you go when he starts to turn And you see his insecurities begin to take control.